Welcome to the Derm Podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and I'm here with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Tomi Lee Wall. We're both board-certified dermatologists, and in this podcast, we bring you the expert scoop on glowing skin with food, skincare, lifestyle, and non-invasive procedures. This week, I was really excited about a medical journal article that I read about the effects of almonds on wrinkles. In this study, researchers asked volunteers to eat two one-ounce servings of almonds every day for four months. By the end of the study, using 3D imaging, they were actually able to show a mild improvement in wrinkle severity. Almonds are a nice source of vitamin E and healthy fats, and I think this study just gives me one more reason to include them in my diet. Before we get started, a short disclaimer. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information presented does not serve as medical or professional advice and in no way substitutes for professional care by a physician or other healthcare provider. For any medical or dermatologic concerns, please contact your physician. Tomi, I've been really looking forward to speaking to you about today's topic because I get a lot of questions from patients and friends. And the question is, how does a dermatologist approach what we call a cosmetic consult? So as dermatologists, we get a lot of patients coming into the office and they might be 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70. And sometimes they get to a point where there might be something about their skin that perhaps they're not quite as happy about or they're not even quite sure what they're looking for. So Tomi, I know you care for these patients all the time in your cosmetic dermatology practice. So can you start by telling us how you approach this? How do you talk to a patient about their skin concerns? Sure, so when someone comes in for what we call a cosmetic consult, the very first thing we do is I hand them a mirror and I ask them, what bothers you? You know, they initially say, well, tell me what I should do to help my skin. But that's a very vague sentence. So what I see may not be in, in line with what bothers them. And, you know, what I usually say is I know that when I get up in the morning and I look at my face in the mirror, there are certain areas where my eyes kind of immediately go to. And what I want you to do is look in the mirror and point to those areas, the area of your main concern. And we usually start with those areas first. Hmm. What if somebody looks in the mirror and they're, they're really just not sure, like they're not pointing at a particular wrinkle or a particular feature? What is, what is something else that they might say to you? Yeah, so the, because the nature of where I practice and the patients I see, and I think this is true for almost everybody, no one comes in saying, make me look like Kim Kardashian or whoever it is, right? <laughs> right. They pretty much say, hey, you know what? Uh, I've had some people at work tell me that I look tired or mm. that I look angry when I'm not angry or, you know, I've lost a little bit of that freshness, you know, that I don't, I look like I'm, I'm more dull than I used to be. So mm. it's these little words that that catch my attention to kind of really focus on what trying to define exactly what it is that bothers them. But it really is um, very important for each and every patient that I see, they specify, I just want to look less tired, more refreshed, 
um, natural. Natural is the key word. I do not want to look like a caricature of myself. I really mm. just want to look like myself just a little more refreshed. And the other phrase that I keep hearing over and over, and I love that that people are aware of this and say this is, I don't need to be 21. You know, mm. I am 50. I'm happy at 50. I just want to look a little bit fresher. So I think oh. as the public becomes more educated, they really know, you know, that they want to look like a really, really healthy version of themselves. I love that because that's so true for you and I, too. Like, I, I have no desire to look 21. Like, that's yes. a really good phrase. Nor yeah. do I have a desire to be like one of the Kardashians. <laughs> right, Although they right. are beautiful. They are beautiful. But, you know, I don't need to look like them. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Everybody has a very distinct and unique and wonderful beauty about them, which I know you and I so appreciate about, you know, the people that we know. Yes. And so tell me, let's say somebody just wants to look fresher. So there's not a specific area that they're pointing at. What do you do with that? Like, where do you kind of go from there? Yeah. So if someone cannot focus in on a specific issue, I try to assess them kind of from the outside of their face and then move inwards and kind of really look at the things that, uh, make them say these words. So for instance, you know, the very surface of their skin, uh, we'll start with that. And when mm -hmm. we start to get over time, a little bit of dullness, because you know, the skin turnover slows down. So our skin doesn't look as dewy fresh as it used to. Mm -hmm. um, it also gets little brown spots and red spots, a little bit of modeling or discoloration. And because that discoloration makes the skin look more uneven, um, you know, you see this kind of textural change. So those are all surface things that okay. I might see. And then, you know, if you go in a little bit more, then you notice the wrinkles. For some ethnicities, the wrinkles are a big problem. For some ethnicities, not so much at first. But you can see these lines and the lines vary from big, deep lines like our, our frown lines, which are formed from frowning all the time or musculature, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. And then there's the really thin, fine lines, you know, almost that crepey skin, kind of tiny little lines that, that is from loss of collagen. So that's kind of the second layer that I notice. And then mm -hmm. the third layer is even deeper. As we get older, we actually lose volume. Not only, you know, the, the fat on our skin that makes us look plump and, you know, those full apple cheeks that we have when we're younger kind of recede <laughs> or go down. Um, mm -hmm. But we also see bone kind of receding, um, muscle receding, and the surface of our skin, our, our what we call our epidermis, also starts to get thin out a little bit. And all of these things make us go from the full, lovely inflated balloon to a little bit of deflation over time. And so if you look at it from the outside in, those are the main things that I see. Yeah. And I've heard you use that metaphor before. And I think that's such a good one, like the really plump balloon. And then it's just deflated a little bit, just changing mm -hmm. our overall look. Hmm. And so tell me if those are kind of the features of skin aging, let's talk a little bit about what what kind of tools we have to work on that. And I know I talk a lot of, on my blog about the importance of food, skincare, and lifestyle. 
mm-hmm. in helping, right, and helping to slow down some of these processes. Um, and we'll have to talk more about that on another episode. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about beyond um, if you have epidermal change, we're definitely going to talk a lot about the kind of skincare ingredients and skincare products that you can use to work on some of those features. But let's talk about some non-invasive procedures that are beyond the results that can be achieved with skincare alone. Sort sure. of how do you, yeah, how do you choose from, from your toolbox and what are you looking for there? Okay, so you made such a great point that I just want to emphasize. When I do talk about these procedures, which are wonderful and do such a great job, I do stress the fact that because we are continually aging or getting mature is my favorite word. I don't like the word aging. Um, So as we mature, you know, we need to kind of maintain our results, right? So I jokingly tell patients, you have to protect your investment, right? Uh, And so it makes perfect sense that if you're going to spend time and money getting something done, um, you really want to maintain those effects. And and that goes to your point. The better you take care of the inside of you, what you eat, what skincare products you use, what is your lifestyle like, what are the protective measures like sun protection, all of those things will maintain the results, give you better results and give you longer lasting results. And um, one analogy I sometimes make is that, you know, this whole thing, this cosmetic process is like an eternal dance. So when you come Mm. to the dermatologist's office and you get, you know, a little laser or Botox or filler, you know, we're going to talk about what areas we do this for. But we Mm -hmm. take a little step forwards in our dance. We say, ooh, we're making a little bit of progress forward. And then we have too much high glycemic foods or processed foods and we take a couple little steps backwards you know and you undo (laughs) some of the good and then you eat healthy and and take care of your body and then you take a couple steps forward again so it's this eternal dance that goes on like everything right in our bodies Uh, Um, and I think it's really important that people recognize that it is not a let's do this laser and I'm going to be great forever. Let's eat healthy for a week and I'm going to be great forever. It's really a long lasting process, right? <laughs> right. Tell me, I love that metaphor. I've never heard of it said quite that way, but I'm totally going to use that. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's so many factors that go into this and you just fixing one thing is not going to be a permanent necessarily solution, but yeah, I love that idea of a dance. Yes. Um, and, and that kind of talks a little bit, too, about your procedures, because I've heard you speak in lectures before and other dermatologists speak in lectures where they talk about the fact that a patient might come in and that patient might want, you know, five different procedures done now. But mm-hmm. instead, um, a dermatologist like you will really talk about how you have to take this long term approach and think about, you know, maybe a little bit here and maybe we can plan something more in two or three years. Like, you yes. really, right? You really think yes. long term. Mm-hmm. And conservative, little at a time, right? So I am the opposite of the extreme makeover. My patients oh. are you know, lawyers, actors, stay-at-home moms, professors, people who don't necessarily want others to know I've had a whole bunch of work done. They just want people to say to them, oh, you always look so wonderful. What is it? You know, (laughs) so I like that very natural, very slow, gradual maintenance as opposed to, you know, let's spend 
thousands of dollars, do something and show up as a different person, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course, that's why I'm so drawn to your philosophy. And I know your patients are too, that really conservative, natural, um, that conservative approach that leads to natural appearing results. So, um, so can you tell me a little bit about some of the tools that you use that are beyond food, skincare, and lifestyle, some of the non-invasive procedures? Sure. So if we take that um, discussion that I stated earlier about the outside in, I look at the surface first. I call it the canvas of the skin, right? So you look at this beautiful canvas and then you see a couple little brown splotches in this painting, a couple little red splotches, you know, um, that you want to kind of just erase and try to improve and smooth out. And in those cases, I believe that laser is the best that's out there. It will okay. target those specific things and kind of just try to not erase completely, but soften or definitely improve those areas. Okay. Um, then the next step in the fine lines and the deeper lines. Well, fine lines, you can build collagen with lasers. The deeper mm-hmm. lines, depending on where they are and what causes them. So if it is from muscle motion, like our frown lines or sometimes our smile lines or You know, when you look surprised and your eyebrows go up, those lines that you see on your forehead, Mm -hmm. those are best treated by uh, what we call a neuromodulator, which is a fancy word for something like Botox or Dysport. And what that does is little injections that soften those lines temporarily for about three to four months. Mm. And then if you're looking at deeper lines and deeper lines caused by the loss of volume so that the balloon deflating. So okay. let's say right on the sides of your mouth, you know, the, what we call the nasolabial folds or the parentheses, sometimes people call it, or mm-hmm. down below the, the, I love this word, the marionette lines, right, yeah. that we see. <laughs> I know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, or those even lines, now, right? Yes, <laughs> lines right, that, that make from... you look like a little puppet. <laughs> yes. I know what you're talking about. Yep, yep. And um, even volume that's lost from the middle of your face that make your cheeks look a little bit sunken, those Mm -hmm. things can be improved with fillers. And fillers, I tell people, are like injections of almost like a, depending on the material, like clear liquidy jello. So it has a consistency that's really soft Mm -hmm. um, and it can be injected to kind of fill up that balloon temporarily again, usually about six months to even two to three years, depending on what type you use. Um, As for the lasers, they really stimulate collagen slowly, gradually. So you see some initial effects right away. The erasing of the brown and red happens pretty quickly, but then the collagen is built up over three to six months. And so people always say, well, how long does that last? And I say, well, how well do you take care of your body? (laughs) And how much damage do you have? Right. So that's where that maintenance comes in. So, um, yeah. So there are lots of different things. See, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think if you're not in this area, I think a lot of patients don't realize how many different tools that an expert such as yourself has to work with and really how important it is to use those tools really to target certain issues, but also to have them, uh, you know, look at, you're really looking at the face as a whole, Mm -hmm. I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. Whereas I, I feel like some, you know, non-physicians might be 
um, they have one tool at their disposal. Let's say they have a filler and everything is sort of approached in the same way. But really, you have a completely different approach than that. You really start with the problem first and then you're thinking about, you know, potential solutions. Right. And they are so intertwined. And I think that's why it's so important that it be like a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon or somebody who focuses on the skin in all aspects and all layers, because I think that if you only have one tool in your armamentarium, Mm -hmm. let's say you just have a hammer, you're going to hammer everything, right? And uh, you might not need the hammer. So you really (laughs) need the whole toolkit in order to make the appropriate repair, you know? Right. Yeah. That's such a good way of looking at it. Well, Tomi, this was very interesting. For our listeners, in future episodes, I want to make sure that we explore these different approaches and different techniques in more depth. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit us at our website, dermpodcast.com. That's D-E-R-M podcast.com. And we'll make sure to include links in the show notes. You can find Dr. Wall at her Instagram, Dr. Tomi Lee Wall. We thank you for joining us today, and we hope you have a wonderful week. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, here with Dr. Tomi Lee Wall on the Derm Podcast. <music>